What's up, guys? Doug Polk here, and welcome to today's WSOP special. Now, this is going to be a very directed podcast, a little bit different than what we normally do around here. We're going to talk about all things World Series of Poker, how the series is going so far, who the current winners are, and then, of course, things like the Helmuth blow-up that happened just yesterday where he had a few unsavory words for the rest of the table. Sean Deeb having an unfortunate robbery at the Rio. We'll talk about that as well. And then a man enters the ladies' event for the first time in years. And, well... As a man who's entered the ladies' event, I have a lot to say about that, too. So all of that coming up. But before we jump into it, that's, of course, going to be with David Williams. But before we jump into that, I want to let you guys know, next week, Taylor Cabby joins the podcast on the 19th. We're going to talk about a lot of the state of online poker, poker in general, NFTs, of course. I, I see him sorting a crypto punk. I'm sure he's into those things. So that should be a good one. Make sure you guys stay tuned for the podcast next week. With that out of the way, I'm going to introduce today's guest. David Williams joins the podcast. 2004 runner-up. And my 2017 ESPN co-analyst, David Williams. How's it going, man? It's really good. You know, I mean, any day that you're waking up to a day two of a World Series of Poker event, it's a good day, man. You know? It's always a good day. What did you make day two in? Uh, 1,508 game. 1,508 game, which is one I really like and look forward to. Um, you know, it's a great tournament specifically because it's the, the buy-in level with what you're playing really leads to a good field like usually not many people playing 1500s are well versed in eight games right like you might have some specialists whereas when you get to like the 10k eight game 25k 50k that's where you have these mixed game crushers but this field is just uh really nice really good but also the vibe is nice man like we just had a fun crew at the table because the stakes aren't so high so no one's really like yeah we all want to win and take it seriously but like we lose a pot, we're joking, we're talking, you know, I'm doing goofy stuff at the table and they're playing along with it while losing. So, you know, it's a good vibe and that's what it's all about over there. I've only vibe. played a few of the mixed game type events and there is a there is a notable difference in vibe. There are almost no hoodies, sunglasses, excessive tanking, none of that shit. I played the 10K08 five, six, seven, eight years ago now. I forget how long. We at one point we we had so someone got a massage and then I think I got a massage and then someone else started getting a massage and then it just turned into how many of the massage therapists can we get over here? And there's a picture somewhere on the internet where there's six or seven of us all getting a massage while we're playing. Oh eight. There was one guy that wasn't getting it. So the atmosphere was fun. People were having a good time. Uh, and I think that the mixed games, there is a, a a fun vibe to them that you just simply don't get compared to the no limit tournaments which get excessively serious at times. They just get so tense, which, you know, rightly so, because one decision and all of a sudden you're, you're out. Whereas, obviously, in the mixed games, one decision, especially we even have a big bet game and two big bet games in the mix, but, like, sure, you need to win every pot, but it's just not – it's just a different feeling when you can't just, ah, I'm out. What did I do? I just ah, – what was I thinking? You know, you have to make multiple decisions to be out. Yeah. So it gets a little – it's a little more relaxed, a little more fun. We're talking. One of the guys messaged me who was at my table all day battling. I mean, I was raising his blind all day, and I made a joke. Are you ever going to give one up to me? And he never – he just didn't. And he texts me after. He's like, hey, man, fun battling with you all day today on Twitter. He's like, hope to see you later. And it's like, you're not, you're not going to get that at no limit, right? You're torturing a guy at no limit. They're not going to write you at the end of the day. Hey, man, that was a lot of fun, you know? Let's yeah. No Limit has a lot of mind games at play because obviously you can go home at any point and you have way more decisions that are impacted by ICM. And then you also have these weird dynamics where if someone kind of goes after another player multiple times in a row, they have to think, okay, are they just are they just going after me because they think I'm weak or is this just is this variance? I remember one of the uh, final tables that I made for the tag team, very prestigious event to final table. Uh, I was under, I was 
in mid position and the guy opened and I looked down and I had ace five suited three bet and he folded next hand he opens I have kings I three bet he folded next hand he opens I have ace four suited probably a little loose but eh, it seemed okay three bet he folded next hand he opens and I have queens I'm like this is unbelievable and he folded again what discipline he folded every open like, I like, yeah I mean me I get people three times third time I'm going buddy I was so. hoping for that I was hoping for that but anyway, bringing this back to the World Series of Poker, I have a lot of questions today. I took I took a lot of notes. I read the stories. I watched some Helmy uh, some Helmy last night. I'm I'm ready to go. Okay, I got a lot to talk are you, about. Wait, are you going to play anything? Are you coming down here? I am not playing anything. I am I am taking it off. But I have a good reason. Okay, I'm getting married on November fourth. So yeah. thank you, That's, thank you. Yeah, great. so I'm going to be I'm going to be in Hawaii. So not going to be wedding in Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah. My, I got married in Hawaii back in the day. What island? Oh, I'm going to Maui. Where did you get married? In Maui. What, what hotel? Huh? I stayed at the, the the Hilton or what's it called? God, I can't remember. The Hilton Wailea or no, Grand Wailea, Grand something. I can't remember. It's been, I'm getting married in Wailea. Huh? But we did it on like a, a big ass like mansion, like offsite. Okay. We stayed at the hotel and then we had this like huge resort. But Maui is freaking incredible, man. Okay. That's that place. would. That would have been incredible if it was the same hotel. Which, which not to derail you though, but congratulations, that's great. Same girl you've been with. I uh, saw you at the hockey games with. So yeah, I'm not familiar with her name, but her name is Caitlin. Caitlin, yes. Congratulations to you and Caitlin. All right, let's back to the WSOP. Thank you. Yeah, nine, nine years together. So we're, you know, at this point, I think we're we're ready. It's been it's been a good amount of time. Love it. But anyway, going going back to the WSOP stuff. So obviously, I've not been there. What's it like at the Rio right now? Because I know there's a lot of there was a lot of concerns kind of coming into this with all of the vaccine stuff and sort of the situation with the vaccine cards, but the dealers not being vaccinated and the vaccine cards you have to have. What's it been like at the Rio? So good. I'm the right person to ask because I've been in there freaking 13 hours a day every day since it started pretty much besides the very first week. And, you know, I was concerned like you were. I was concerned if it would be stuffy, if just the people's attitudes, if it would feel dirty. I, I just didn't know what to expect. And I was really concerned. And I'll say it's business as usual. I mean, obviously, everybody's sitting, not everybody, but I would say 50% of the people are wearing masks at the table. You have to wear them when you're away from the table. I wear one at the table for a funny reason, which we'll get into, but everyone seems to be just, you know, it's like it was. There, nobody's concerned. There's not any arguing. There's not talk. No one really discusses the vaccine. No one discusses COVID. Everybody keeps it just chill and fun, but people are there excited to play. There's tons of people. There's people who are like, I came out on stand, you know, the whole month. It's like, I think being, not having World Series for a year, a year and a half, right? Because we didn't have one this summer. It's almost a year and a half, a year and three or four months. People are just ready to play poker, man. And like, it is, it's packed in there, but it's not packed like levels of the summer to where you, you're elbow to elbow. It's a comfortable pack. Like you can tell people are here to play, but like the bathroom lines aren't too bad. You're not like people in your face and People are respectful, so you know it's it's we're chilling. I like it. It's a, it's a good season there. It's not what I expected, but for a good you know a good turn, I'm happy about it. Might even be better than the normal season because there's a couple reasons people might not go. Obviously, people that are unvaccinated can't play, so those people are not going to be going. And then and then I think also a lot of people in the summer, your kids are in school. Sorry, in the summer, you're well, maybe that helps you. Maybe the kids are in school now, so you can play. I'm not sure. I don't have kids. It's I, I, for me, yeah, it's tough. Because I wake up early when she's with me. She's visiting her mom this week because they had a COVID outbreak in her fifth grade class. So they're not in school. So now it's hard because she'd be home. So she's visiting her mom. But when she's here, you know, my mom will help and my girlfriend will stay with her. I'll bag, come home, wake up in five hours, get her ready for school, drive her to school, 
head to the Rio. So it's nice because I have like kind of like that eight hour babysitter in the day. But a lot of parents, I think if you live in Vegas, you can do that. But if you like say live in LA or Florida and you have kids in school, but you want to play the world series, I don't know how you juggle that. I really don't. Yeah. There's no summer camp. There's no go stay with grandma. I don't know. Yeah. So maybe that's, that's playing a role here too. Um, What's it like in the fall versus the summer? Are there any differences you can kind of feel there? Or does it just feel the same business as usual? No, man. It's, I mean, everyone I've talked to, and granted, you know, I'm sure it's the echo chamber, but everyone I've talked to says in the fall, this is where it should be. Because normally it's so freaking hot outside. You know that. Like, yeah. I even, I, I hate leaving my house to go to the World Series in the summer because you park, you're walking to the parking lot and it's 120 and you're just like, oh, this sucks. And you get in there and you're just burning up and then it's, six degrees in there and you're freezing and you're just, you want to be out doing something else. Cause it's just, it's hot. You really go to the it, pool. You know? It is, wow. it is yeah. weird bringing a hoodie to the Arctic tundra. That is the, the Rio. And then the summer Vegas is a zoo. You try to go to restaurants and you can't get in anywhere or then you're distracted too. If you're, if you're young, a lot of these young poker guys, you know, like you want to play poker, but it's the summertime. The pool parties are popping off the nightclubs and you're like, I go to the nightclub. I gotta wake up tomorrow. Not me anymore, but I, I had that decision back in the day. And I'm sure a lot of young poker players do now. But here in the fall, the weather's fantastic. I'm hearing guys talking about waking up playing golf before the World Series because it's like 70 degrees. There's not really much nightlife happening right now, even though you think EDC's next week. But in general, there's not a lot of nightlife. So people are focused on poker. People are hanging out. The restaurants are open. You can go places on dinner break, and it's not eight billion people who are not at the World Series, but just tourists. Like it's strictly, it seems strictly better. I mean, it's just a better time of year. Now, obviously from a financial point of view, who knows if they're making enough money and hotel reservations, there's probably a lot of underlying reasons the WSOP prefers the summer. But from my point of view, I wish it were here every year. It's just, this weather is just unbeatable. It's a nice, nice blend. I'm a sicko and I love the 110 degree heat. I, I, do I, don't, too. Know, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, I love being in it. I, I remember when I was a kid, I was in the park, I was in my driveway with my dad. And he got into the car and I got in the car and it was in Vegas and we just sat there for a moment and it was, it had been 110 and the car was just boiling and we both sat there and I looked at him, he looked at and we're both like, this is awesome. We love this. This is just, it's a, it's a sauna. I'm getting in this heat box. So I, I probably it. get this from my dad, but I just love that heat. Uh, so not, not really an issue for me, but. But I like um, it. I like to be in it. I don't want to be in the Rio playing poker at four degrees. When it's that I, heat, I want to be outside. I want to be doing stuff in that heat. Yeah, the the Rio is cold. No, no two ways about it. Some rooms randomly are much colder than others too. So it kind of depends where you're at, right? But uh, okay, so let's kick things off here. I want to just pull up the list of all of the winners so far, so we can get an idea of how things are going so far. Can you see this, uh, David? Uh, let me magnify. I have my own list up, but let me see. Oh, got it uh, up. Hell yeah, let's go. All right, cool. All right, oh, so no, this is yeah. this is the list of all of the uh, different. This is all the different events so far. You know. When you look at winners in the WSOP, a lot of times you're going to see names that you're not too familiar with, but I do see some ones that kind of jump out at me. See Jeremy Osmus um, taking down the uh, COVID relief event. Uh, Connor Drennan winning the 08. Probably enjoyed that experience as well, I would imagine, taking that one down. Uh, see Ann Kush Mandavia got second in a 5K. Mark Herm won one. I think the one that probably Aaron, most people... Oh, the online, I didn't know. Okay. Dipthrong, right? Online legend. So, yeah. Yeah. Legend. I think, uh, or sorry, and then also uh, Jason Kuhn winning the 20th K heads up. I think that probably got the most stir so far out of all of these. I saw a lot of people talking about Jason. Of course, winning the heads up event, always a tough field to go through. You're going to have to play a lot of regs, but just 57 entrants. So really, you know, six 
five or six different heads up matches. Not sure if he got to buy in the first round or not, but still always an impressive one to win. You got to, you got to kind of know your heads up stuff to, to make your way through that. And then the other one that kind of jumps out here uh, at me, I don't know, is there someone, is there someone on here that, you know, maybe, you know, on this list? <laughs> yeah, man. Raphael LeBron, seven card stud. And oh, that guy. No, he was, I got some stories about that, but he's a, uh, he's a cool dude. And that was his second bracelet. He took down some chump that, uh, you know, had some success in stud, but, uh, do you think that maybe that guy should maybe learn how to play heads up a little better? Because I can think of one other time that, you know, heads up didn't go so well, too. I can think of a bunch. <laughs> I got a problem closing. I mean, I'm lucky I happen to have closed twice at least, or I really would have to reconsider. I mean, I was thinking about it. I'm like, man, do I just like, do I, do I get nervous? What is wrong with me? But I think in this case, there was just, I got steamrolled. I mean, we started heads up where I had like 1.4 million to his, 5.1 but we were playing one like like i had like five bets <laughs> so it's like you better win that hand you know whatever you do you better win it and i think i maybe had eight bets and i did not take a chip you know i was stud so you're kind of at the mercy heads up so the low card brings in he raises me i look down i got crap muck bring in again muck all of a sudden i've lost like a third of my stack and there's you know i'm not going to defend when i bring in with like a four and have a jack and a three you know it's like against the king so then finally I bring in with an eight. He raises me again. I look down. I got two eights. I'm like, well, here we go, baby. He's got two kings. So yeah, yeah, there's nothing you can do. But the interesting thing apart part about, about this guy, this is a cool story real quick. And I, I will go in more. He comes up to me midday two. He's kind of a big in shape guy. Very interesting character because he was drinking a lot. Like not drinking like drunk, but just always had like a cocktail, a smile. Just seemed like a nice guy. And he came up to me on break and he's I had a mask on, which I wear my mask, honestly, because it's so damn cold in there that my breath heats up my face. <laughs> I'll take it off and start to get cold. So I wear a mask to actually warm my face. But he comes up to me and he says, are you David Williams? And I was like, yeah, what's up? He's like, oh, man. And I thought he was full of shit. He's like, you're my favorite player. I was like, come on, man. Why, why would I be anyone's favorite player, bro? So he tells me, you and Phil Iger are my favorite player. And I'm like, okay, that really doesn't make sense. I mean, I guess we're both black. But like, yeah, I mean, that's a clearly a race thing. He's of Latin descent. So, he, you know, maybe it's a brown town kind of team brown thing. But like, yeah. okay, sure. I thought he was blowing smoke up my ass. He's like, I told my mom. And he shows me, like, he texts his mom. Like, I'm with David Williams. Like, let me send a picture. He takes a selfie. This is on day two, right? Little did I know where we would be you know, 24 hours later. So I take the picture. The guy was super friendly. But what was interesting about him is he was at the table 70% of the hands of the entire tournament. And this is stud where you're bringing in your, he, and he was chip leading the whole way to the point where when I was three-handed, it was me, David Moskowitz and him. This guy dips. He's like, later guys. So I'm playing heads up for a bracelet, but not heads up because there's a third hand with all the chips being dealt in and bringing in just being oh. up. So I asked my, my opponent three ways. I said, isn't it weird that we're just have a ghost hand being dealt to the chip leader for like 30 minutes? And the guy just comes back. Another double vodka soda, please. How you guys doing? Just sits down and, and joins us again. I was like, is he going to do this heads up? I sure hope so. But he did not. He just beat the shit out of me. Won his bracelet. Was super gracious. Gave me a big hug. And, you know, I, I like to see guys like that. He's not a professional. He, he does like something with auto cars. He even said, I could never do this professionally. I just having fun out here. He's ordering cocktails. He's walking around yeah. talking to people. And that's what the World Series is about. Like when those guys get to come here and win, it's great. Well, it depends on the event because I think it's something like that where it's a smaller field, smaller event, and there's, there's I mean, it's always a good amount of money when you win it, when you, when you win an event, but we're not getting into the real high stakes stuff. It's a lot different when the spotlight is on you. I'm sure you felt that when you're at the WSP final table, 
where there's a lot, there's really serious money on the line that can change your life. And I think when you look at the difference in those two things, it's good to have both. It's nice to have the fun event. It's nice to have the the, the really high stakes one that the, the pressure Absolutely. is on. So, so you you really do want to have both of those. I doubt he's walking away when there's millions at stake. <laughs> yeah. For sure. A couple other people here that are interesting. I just wanted to mention Nate Silver had a, a deep run. Also came on the podcast a few weeks ago. was talking about, you know, being aggressive and it can, it can work out well for you. And, and here we go. It's second place already at a WSOP event. So g- good for Nate Silver hopping in the mix and, and doing pretty well right out of the gate. Um, is a smaller field, but still second place is, is good. He's probably going to have a profitable summer after that one. And then uh, Anthony Zeno just, uh, just won the 10K stud. So um, we're actually going to talk about that next because I want to talk about Helmuth. But Oh. Uh, so so far it seems everything's off to a, a smooth start um and uh yeah some upcoming events here in the near future uh the ladies event is underway we have 5k six max short deck no limit event which i think is the first time that one's run right the no they had it they had it the last the last okay. 2019 i guess the last physical wsrp they did have it i was a little bummed because i think i missed it because i was in a different event i've wanted to play that which is strictly spewing like i don't have any short deck experience other than like goofing around in like a 1025 or 10 anti cash game but i wanted to play it because it sounds fun and it's very gambly and i love to gamble so maybe i'll give it a shot this year good place to be yeah so let's move on to our first story i want to cover here i want to talk about the phil helmuth blow up and uh, we're gonna. I want to just bring in some a few tweets that. Oh shit! Shouldn't show our DMs. That was probably a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Mistakes no, no. were made. Luckily, there wasn't anything inappropriate there. At least I hope. Um, okay. So, what did I have up here before? I wanted to show um, Chris. Well, let's actually just. I'm gonna go full screen. Let's stop sharing for a moment here, so I don't just out everything else. My bet on that. Oof, that was that was definitely a mistake. Okay. So anyway, um, <laughs> let's talk about the Phil Helmuth blow up because this has been, I think, the biggest story. Definitely in the last day, but maybe in the in, in the WSP so far. And I want to start off with what happened here. So it was a 10K stud final table, and Phil Helmuth was was there. Uh, he ended up with a fourth place finish. There we go. He ended up with a fourth fourth place finish. I tuned in to watch it after I was hearing what was going on. The first thing I hear, okay, I click the video. I subscribe to Poker Go. I click the video and I hear fucking fuck fuck. He's just going nuts. This isn't even I went to find the blow up. This was a nine hour stream. He was at the table for three or four hours and I just selected a random moment. And that moment was where this was happening. Already going off. I don't know. I would actually love this. If someone could tweet at me, if you could do a full count of how many fucks were said by Phil Hummy at the final (laughs) table. I would love that. I will retweet you. Please someone do a count i missed it because i was in the eight game i, I kind of heard it but i, I like did never get to see exactly i know it was that thing at zeno right like it was, was it, it at- was directed all over the place it was at chidwick at one point um <laughs> at, there was a moment he threw his cards off the table it's not a hundred percent clear that he was intending to do that but it kind of looks like he did i would lean towards he was trying to throw them off the table someone said and i didn't hear this personally but i saw uh burberry on twitter tweet this he threatened to burn down the casino. Which Didn't is always somebody banned for about talking about shooting the casino. Like you can burn it, but you can't shoot it. And we're going to get to that next. That's a great point. He was eliminated in fourth place. And this brings us to where I want to share some tweets. So I'm going to pull this up quickly uh, because the Twitter, Twitter was not happy with the way that Phil Helmuth handled himself. Uh, Chris Kruk tweeted saying, Tuned in to WSB stud final table because friend was on it. Helmuth 
just a colossal embarrassment to all of poker, which is quite strong, possibly fair. Uh, I saw David David Lap David Lap and Zag on this saying folks need to get a grip. So what if Phil Hummy drops f bombs? The man put on a show. He scraps. He's got passion. And he always gets a hundred percent. If cursing upsets you, then go play pickleball with all the soft lads. Which, by the way, is a lot of lads these days. Also, has a point about burning the Rio to the ground. So definitely a zag there. A couple other quick tweets. One other quick tweet I wanted to cover. Random Chew, which is by the way a phenomenal account on Twitter. If you guys enjoy poker related stuff and memes, this guy is hilarious. Hi Phil, <laughs> my grandma was your biggest fan, but after watching your latest, your last file table, she was so shocked about your behavior that she died. Thanks, Phil. Now I have no grandmas left. <laughs> that's, okay, that's amazing. <laughs> All right, so I want to open with this question to you, David. What's the line that we're going to draw on quote Phil's just being Phil that we're okay with? I mean, it's it's really weird, right? Because from a from a fan point of view, right? I think it's hilarious. Not saying I think it's okay. There's a lot of shit that's not okay that I find funny. Like it, it brings me enjoyment, especially when it's not directed at me. Whether it's good for the game or appropriate, that's a different discussion. I think it's not good for the game or appropriate. Like, sure, you could say, oh, it's entertaining. People watch Phil, but again, where's that line at, right? Like the guy's talking about burning it down. The guy's f bombing people, being very disrespectful. I love Phil. I think Phil is an elite tournament poker player. Just, his, he might have fundamentals, but there's no doubt about it. The guy the guy puts up W's, gets there, whatever. And I like Phil personally. And my interactions with him away from the table, he's always genuine guy. You know, he's, 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 it's almost like a character. And I think it's almost like he's taking that character too far. Like, it's like, oh, people love it. I'm just going to keep getting in that zone. And I, I'm not saying it's fake. It's just like, it's like a switch turns on when he's there. Now, what's, is it acceptable? Of course it's not. Are they going to do anything about it? Probably not because they've let him get away with it. That you let a guy take an inch, they're going to take a mile. And they've let him take it further and further and further and further each year. And he brings so many eyes that at the end of the day, this is a business. And you know that they look at it from that point of view. They're like, well, it's not appropriate, but this is good for our bottom line. So they think it may not be because people's grandmas are dying, but it's bad for their bottom line or good for their bottom line. If they think it's good, they're going to allow it. And that's unfortunate. It's not fair. You know, like other people guarantee of Joe Blow who no one had heard of, just started acting like that. Probably getting a penalty, probably getting ejected, disqualified. Oh, you said you're burning the Rio down. You're 86. Get out of here. Like, it ain't going to go the same for everyone. And that's not right, that it's not fair. Should Phil stop? I mean, I wish he would tone it back, but I don't think he knows how. Like, you're either going to get that, Phil, or you're not. Like, you can't, like, oh, turn the dial to 70%, Phil. Okay. Like, I don't think he has that in him. What to do about it? I mean, at least it's a 10K where it's all sort of professionals that they shrug that shit off, right? Like Zeno, Chidwick, these guys, they don't care. Not that it makes it okay, but like you can't do that. New guy shows up for his first WSP. Guy might not come home. Guy might beat you up. Guy might might just square up to Phil. And then what happens then? Like, is that guy in trouble, but Phil's not? Like, who? It's just, it's, I gotta say, I enjoy watching it and hearing about it. I laugh, but it's, it would be great if it stopped. And you wonder, is he going to be doing that? You know, Phil's getting up there, right? I'm 41. Phil's probably 60, maybe 58. Is he going to be an 80 year old man doing this stuff? Because you know he's not yes. going anywhere. At some point, it's going to stop. And I hope nobody kind of takes the reins. But I hope, like, there's hope once he does, it's over. Like, there's no more of that. Yes, he will. If he is still alive when he's 80, be the 80 year old doing this. So, 100%. I, what do you think? You think, you know, guys really grow up from 60 to 70. That's really <laughs> what all you He might run out of steam. He might not have an M. It might you know be like, what? You motherfucker. He's got so much steam. 
I'm going to push back a little on the character thing because I don't think that he has a switch that he flips and then he's in character. Obviously, you've hung out with Phil away from the table. I have as well. And he's kind of just always like this. It gets exacerbated at the table, especially when he's losing. But the guy really, really cares. And he's hashtagging quest for 16. This means everything to him. I I don't think he's controlling the switch. I think it just... It happens like he's okay. not making a choice. Like, oh, let me turn the switch on. It's just like he becomes this robot. Like, Maybe it's a dial, right? Maybe he's yeah. he's naturally on a six, but then when he's at the table, it just goes up to eleven because yeah. it just he just he just can't help it. So that 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 could make some sense there. And then the other thing is, we we have to talk about the the broader issue that you brought up here, which is do superstars get preferential treatment and should they? Because one hundred percent they do. They do. I, I could not agree with you more. If random guy is just at the fountain table saying fuck it, he fuck fuck fucking guy, fuck fuck throwing his cards oh, and shit. You need to calm down, sir. Like one hundred percent, that's not going to be allowed. And honestly, I kind of think that this shouldn't be allowed. I think that it, their line should be the same for everyone, Absolutely. and Phil shouldn't just get to do whatever he wants because that's Phil being Phil. We have rules for a reason. I, I'm not an anti-cursing guy, obviously. But there's a point where it is excessive and the floor should say something. And then additionally, throwing cards, that's not okay. And I, I, I really should have found this clip, but I couldn't find it in the time I had to research this. But if he actually threatened to burn down the casino, I mean, what the fuck? Is there so, a point where we're going to say anything? We're going to draw the line anywhere? Well, my thoughts, because like obviously I'm sure you're thinking of the comparison to um, – what's his name? I'm drawing a blank all of a sudden. Who said he was going to use an AK coming here and made a joke? Um, you know who I'm talking about? He can't come to the Rio. Oh, Sam, Sam, Sam. Sam Pansica, yeah. So yeah. obviously we could draw the parallels there, right? But I'm not on the side of saying, okay, let's 86 fill. I'm saying clearly when people say stuff like that, it's 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 akin to like someone like, oh, I'm going to kill you. Like they don't literally mean it. There should be a penalty, sure. But there should be some thought into, is this literal? Like, is is Phil really going to take gasoline and burn this place down? Is Sam really going to come in here with a gun? No, no. Yes, there should be penalties. But I think 86 for life is excessive. So I'm not saying 86 Phil. I'm saying let's reduce Sam's penalty and let's penalize Phil. Bring them more in line together. Like, hey, here's your warning. Don't say things like that. No, I'm not saying ban it from the final table. But, like, you know, listen, you're going to have to take a day off. You're going to have to do that. Think about whatever. There should be a penalty. But those two should be equal. And they're not. They're like so far from equal. It's ridiculous. I mean, I've talked with Sam for the last several years, just loosely using one of the chats that I'm in. And overall, he seems like a quite reasonable guy. I didn't read his exact quote that he said. And obviously, there are some things you just can't say. But lifetime banishment from the biggest tournament series when you're a tournament player for for one tweet or one post or wherever it was said, it it does seem excessive. and, And I do feel that he should be reinstated. Obviously, what he did was wrong. But yeah, I mean, the floor did nothing here. They did nothing. They just they. This is Phil Helmuth. It's well, Phil Helmuth of, time. They're afraid. Of, they're afraid of the you know their bosses allow it for years. So I'm not going to be the new floor man to say something. Then he might like curse me. I'll go to the, go to Jack, and I'm not on the final tables anymore. You know that's maybe what's going through a floor man's head. Like I can't say anything to this guy. They've allowed it for years. Why am I going to be the new vigilante cop? Well, then we need to have some floor managers that are able to do that and stand up to superstar superstars when they act like assholes and. I, look, like I, I've definitely gotten preferential treatment in spots along the way, but it, I mean, this is going to happen. But rules need to be set where you can't behave like this because it is kind of an embarrassment 
to, to see someone like that. Oh, Phyllis has found table. Let me buy my poker ghost subscription, tune in. You purchase it. Here we go. And then you tune into him just throwing cards and yelling fuck. I, I I don't know. I just it seems it was just over the line, I I thought. Um, and I think rules just need to be rules, basically. One of the biggest questions I get from people I meet like out and about, oh, you play poker? You know that guy Phil Helmuth? Yeah. Is he really like that? Is he really just like and it's it's like he might be happy that people are asking about him, like to hear this, like if he's watching or sees, oh, cool, people ask. But like, do you really want people asking the first thing they ask? Is he really a, like a big baby jerk? You know, like that's the first thing everyone asks me when they ask if I know Phil Hummuth. Like, is is his behavior the same? And that's that's I'd rather is that guy as great as he seems? He's got 15 bracelets, right? If I'm him, I'd rather the question be about my ability, not am I an asshole? Am I the asshole I am on TV? So it's that's unfortunate for him. But it's it's self, you know, he brought it on himself. It's funny you say that because um so Caitlin's dad, he's a Phil Hellmuth fan. And he asked me a question about Phil Hellmuth. I was like, really? This is real life. I have to answer Phil Hellmuth questions from my from my new my newly joined family here. Like, yes, he is like that. And then uh, I hit a Phil and I said, Hey, could you s- send him a signed book? And he's like, Oh, yeah, no problem. He sent him a signed book immediately. Seriously, that book was there the next day. I don't even know that they could ship things that fast. Signed, ready to go. Uh, it was very nice of Phil. I'm sure you feel – I like Phil. Phil's a yeah, nice definitely. guy. We're discussing his behavior at the final table, and there's nothing I wouldn't say here that I'm saying with you that I would say to him. I would say, Phil, hey, it was funny to watch as a spectator, but you were probably out of you – were, you were out of line, and you might want to rein it in. It's just my advice, but whatever. I guess there just needs to be there just needs to be punishment because he's not going to he's not capable of doing it himself. He he just gets too emotional. So someone needs to step and say, "Don't do this. This is over the line. Throwing stuff over the line. The casino comment over the line." I don't know. We we've we've kind of made that point clear, but yeah. Um, are there any other issues that you think that people like Phil get away with that most people do not? Is there, is there anything else that kind of jumps out at you? I mean, I've you know you've seen registrations held up. You know, late reg is closing. You know, he he makes a phone call and they put his chips down, which not to say that they shouldn't do that. But like, again, John from Iowa doesn't know who to call to say, hey, I'm running five minutes late. Put my chips down. Right. Like they just speed and hope they get there. So things like that, you know, and that and that's minor because it's not like I'm sure if you called, I called anyway. If John from Iowa had the number, he'd probably get that same courtesy, but he just doesn't have that access. So things like that. There's little things like that, but there's nothing egregious. You know, there's never like he gets to pick his starting table or there's nothing things that nothing. I would say that like it kills the integrity of the tournament. There was a there was a a Negreanu thing a a, a couple months ago where he stood up on a table over the plexiglass or something where I think I heard people talking about would a random person not get at least a warning there that kind of jumped out to me as another. Do you you remember there was something where Negreanu stood up and uh, went over the plexiglass or something on a table? No, I don't remember that. Some clip I mean, of it somewhere. I'm sure someone will But share again, it they, you know, I probably would get the same, you know, benefit of the doubt. I would hope maybe not. I'm not on their levels, but I'm known around the World Series that I think you too. I think the big names do get to get away with a little more. And that's unfortunate. But it's like, you know. <laughs> I, I like that take. Yes, the superstars get away with things. And I hope I'm on that list. <laughs> that's the David Williams. No, I, I, I hope I can get away with it. I'm never going to act like that. I'm never going to behave. I did. You know, I, I used to in my 20s be a little brash and motherfuck people but it was kind of like not the same but not anymore i've had my own moments all right let's change topics here let's talk about the sean deep thing this is a, a bit of a more serious tone because it's scary and i'm gonna pull up the pull up the sean deep tweet here if i can one day figure out how to smoothly use this program we're gonna really be cooking because i'm still just can i go full screen on this 
is it the camera is nice here we go nice yeah it's it's 4k all right so uh let's move on to our next thing here sean deeb tweeted this uh what was it a couple days ago now nothing like waking up at 6 a.m to someone who was inside your room robbing you psa to all staying at the real make sure you latch your door at night and sadly the person ran away we will see if security can actually do their job or not and find them you know sean deep tweeted this because there isn't one piece of punctuation in the entire tweet so this was definitely him we can go ahead and put a verified check mark on that and someone responded sean you responded and said something similar happened to our room this morning at the rio so interesting could be could be a situation where there is multiple things at play let me go back to this okay that was actually pretty smooth we're learning uh what are your thoughts here on this? Because this is some pretty scary stuff. Obviously, yeah. the Rio has always had problems with My security. My first thought is, why is Sean Deeb staying at the Rio? The Rio is a colossal dump. And like, listen, I'm going to hold nothing back. That place is a shithole. I had I, I went there to see Penn and Teller with my daughter uh, in the summer, I think it was. And just walking through the Rio, there is it's 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 an actual fucking dump. And my friends who were in town visiting hadn't been there. And they were, it was my friend and his uh, wife and family, four kids. They're like, what is this place? Like it's, it's like, this is Las Vegas. And I watched this vlog of this guy who does like Vegas reviews and he stayed in Rio and his room had like blood stains on the wall and the baseboard is peeling up. The carpet was stained. The place is an actual dump. So the real question is why is Sean D the guy's, got money you know the guy's got yeah. enough don't stay at the rio not that it makes it okay what happened but like that's like staying in a that's like the the motel six of vegas hotels like you don't stay there and i hope people see this and continue to not stay there i think jmo's famous said he blow it up and turn it into a parking lot or something no, he, he said if bitcoin hits if bitcoin hits 14k cliff notes this happened a while ago yeah. he's gonna buy the rio and burn it down and turn it into a parking lot or something that was should have happened like longer the place is a dump but let's get into what's going on. Like, A, there needs to be better security. B, did he not have the latch? When I stay at a hotel, I just put the latch on at a habit just because I don't like cleaning people waking me up and walking in. And I like at least to see if it's like, okay, get the hell out of here. Uh, and, and like, there's so many questions. Like, he says robbing him. Were they like going through a bag? Did they, did they, were they in his closet? Like, what was going on is kind of what I want to know. I'm just curious. Like, what do you mean by robbing me? Agreed. And with the latch thing. So, Obviously, I travel a lot. I'm sure you've traveled a lot too. It's just standard protocol when you enter the room to put the latch on because it's a it's a free roll of if someone tries to get in, they can't. So that's on one side. But I don't want to derail this into kind of the victim blaming thing where you attack. Oh, the no, person it's not at all. It's not at all. Where yeah, where you're attacking the person that was the, the victim because obviously whether D puts his latch on or not, this should never happen. But yeah, I'll clearly use the latch. Right, this is more PSA. Use yeah. the latch in any hotel. Always. There's no reason to not use the latch. So I, I, I totally agree with you there. One time I got my keys at 3 in the morning at a hotel in Arizona. Me and my girlfriend. Rolled up the dead tire. Open the door. I see people's feet in the fucking bed. I'm like, uh, holy shit, someone's in the room. I close it real quick. I go back. Like, oh, we gave you the wrong key. Now imagine that guy if he woke up and like people walking in his room while he's asleep. Like, Use your latch. You know, if I opened it was latched, I go back. That happened in Florida, you said? No, this was in Arizona. Oh, Arizona, sorry. But just crazy shit. Use your latch, people. That's all. That's all. I'm I'm not blaming Sean, but use your latch for your safety is the PSA here. 100%. But the fact that this also happened to someone else at the Rio makes me think that 
this is pretty clearly some kind of inside job. We might have a, you see the show, the white Lotus. I have not. Okay. So we might have a white Lotus like situation with the room break-ins uh, spoiler alert that there is a room break-in in the white Lotus. Don't let that ruin the show for you, but we might have one of those situations where it, so one of the staff is in on this and letting people into people's rooms or giving them access or keys or whatever it takes, because how would this be happening in multiple places? And they're not breaking in doors. How are they getting in? Oh my God. You know, I'm so, I'm so, I'm like, why, why could it just be a random guy off the street? Yeah. How would they open the door? It's, it's freaking key cards. So like, yeah, I mean, it would have to be an inside job or have to be someone with access to the key cards, which inside job. So yeah, you're right. That needs to be, of course, they're not going to address it. Right. They're going to keep it internal. The Rio is never going to say anything about it. Yeah, absolutely. I would say at this point, if you've not booked the Rio, please don't say the Rio. Just a little PSA. If you were thinking maybe it's still pretty cheap rooms. Yeah. They're cheap for a reason. Uh, Although maybe with the latch, you're okay. I, I, I wouldn't risk it. I don't see a reason to. And the Rio has kind of always had a little bit of a dark past with some instance. The, the parking lot on more than one occasion, you have to walk so far in from the corners of that parking lot. I remember some some summers where you'd go to a bigger event or an event with a lot of players. You had to park in the back corner and you had to walk just straight up several minutes across this this parking lot in. And there's really not security out there. I've always felt that at some point poker players would be targeted more by criminals because they tend to hold lots of cash and be in areas with not a lot of security. So this also makes me a little bit worried about kind of potential for problems in the parking lot as well. If, if, if this is going to be going on at the Rio in the rooms, what does that say sort of about the rest of the property? Yeah, I would say it's not as bad as for arriving because you're usually arriving in the daytime. There's sunlight, there's visibility. It's it's more a concern of leaving because we finished so late. You know, some tournaments finish at midnight. The three convinced finish at two. Like last night, I'm leaving at 2.30 in the morning. I'm walking through the parking lot to my car by myself. It's just dark. There's no one around. It's so Someone could easily just pull up and rob me. Luckily, I use the tournament buying credits. I just deposit my – I literally never have any – like 80 bucks in my pocket You know when I'm walking out of there. But A, the criminals don't know that. In their head, poker player, money, let's go, rob. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, there definitely needs to be better security in that parking lot. I mean, there was – yeah, there's one car driving around that entire parking lot that you see just like with a little security van. But like – any good criminal oh it's over there now let's go rob someone over here real quick so it is really concerning um maybe things i think it's going to be at bally's paris next year maybe the location being closer to the strip is better maybe it's worse because there's more criminals nearby now maybe there's just you know it's the rio's kind of off the strip so maybe harder for foot traffic criminals to really be over there once it's on the strip you might have some guys who are just roaming the strip looking to rob people so never keep cash on you either poker players you're learning all kinds of safety tips right good luck with that uh hotels Hotels need to have some responsibility here because I know there's always going to be some risk. You can never make things 100% safe. Things can happen. But if you're going to have thousands of poker players come to your venue, a lot of them are going to stay at your hotel. A lot of them are going to be coming in from the parking lot. You're making millions of dollars off this. This is the the probably only thing that Caesars does that's profitable. You should be spending some of that money to try and ensure player safety. I don't think that's that unreasonable to ask for. I really don't. You could spend the parking lot. You could spend a few hundred K and you could have a bunch of of security guards and you could make that place extremely (laughs) safe at night. It wouldn't even cost that much. Maybe 500 K. They make millions. They make what 15, 20, 25 million per WSOP. We can't spend a few hundred K to not have players get robbed in the parking lot. 
I mean, I'm just doing some napkin math. When you add what, like 10 security guards, you pay them 20 bucks an hour. That's 200 bucks an hour. And you got them out there eight hours, eight, eight evening hours a night. So you're looking at 1600 bucks a day. And in the world series, it's like a hundred days. So you're looking at $16,000, like right, just to get some security guards there at night. And that's just a low ball. I mean, obviously you can put a little more money into it. But it's not that much, man. That's ridiculous. They should be doing that. As far as the actual robbery went here, it's hard for me to imagine them not having a lot of video footage of this because hotels have videos everywhere. They're all over the place. There has to be some, at least some types of clues here. It's not this guy could have just gotten away with no video footage. There has to be some footage somewhere, right? Well, the key, the, the key card system also is like very like log based, right? So they can like say, oh, your door was accessed with a key at 3 a.m. You, you know, clearly we can see when you went in, you went in to go to bed at this hour your door was accessed at this hour in the middle of the night by key number, whatever that key was printed where, I mean, they can forensic, you know, go back and trace where that key was made and then look at the camera who printed that key. There's, there's so much they can do if they wanted to, but again, that costs money and the mission of liability. Now, once you start looking they're they're, they're oh, sorry guys, <laughs> footage just the camera was blocked. You know, they're not, he's not going to get many answers. I bet. Don't you think that the hotel should be liable for at least some portion of the losses here? They allowed this to happen on their premise at their premise. I mean, they they could technically claim or try to say, how do we know you didn't pull your key out at the table while you were playing? You know, you go in your pocket playing a sit and go or something and your key falls out and some guys saw it. Now they go scoop it up and now they know they've got Sean Deeb's room key and all they have to do is figure out where you're staying. So they could kind of wash their hands of it that way. Like, we don't know you didn't lose your key. But can't they? There's got to be the records of when they print keys. Oh no! Like I guess they can figure all that yeah. out. Okay. We can't, but you, we can't even double check them, right? Like if they just tell Sean, "Nope, that was your key that we gave you, your second copy." He can't even make them prove it, right? He has to just take their word for it, which is kind of unfortunate. Like, oh, all right. When that could just be them lying, covering their ass, like, oh fuck, like, don't. That's that. the messed up thing here is that their incentives are going to be to protect themselves and not to help Sean Deeb, and. Or Sean Yu. Apparently, you don't want to be named Sean and staying at the Rio. But their incentives are not to help these guys. And they kind of have to work together to figure things out. And I think that's one of the reasons why Deeb has been pretty quiet about the specifics on what happened. Because they're trying to figure out what they should do and you know what the hotel knows and how the, what their plan of attack is to kind of, you know, just, just from here. But um, really, the, the focus here should be on trying to, to figure out who did this. And there's, a, there's another level to this that is kind of an interesting just thought, but with how normalized mask wearing is now, it's kind of good for criminals in, in a way because you walk in with a mask in the rear, good, they're a law-abiding citizen, finally, when that really does make it a little bit harder to identify people. So maybe the masks could actually have a little bit of a back, a little bit of a downside in this case. I was worried about this since masks became a thing. I was wondering, like, are people going to start robbing gas stations now? Because before, if you walked into a gas station with a mask, right, they immediately hey take that mask off like before masks became our normal now it's like oh hey bud all you have to do you rob somebody there's, there's no account who, who the hell is that guy i don't know some guy wearing a mask oh so 50 of the people in the city all right great we got it so yeah mask or you know at the poker table you show up with a mask they check your id they never actually take your mask down right people could be playing as other people all summer or i guess all fall no one knows it's really strange it's a concern it's a concern but i i, I don't know well, we don't have to get into masks or no masks. I think we have enough to talk about today without going down that road. I wear mine. Uh, it keeps my, my mouth warm. So I guess the last question I have on this subject is how do we re- do we respond to this as players? Because I think that 
players should should try should want to protect themselves at these types of events. This is the premier. This is the premier event, right? This is the best event, and we can make fun of Sean Deep for staying at the Rio. And I saw all the oh, Sean Deep's busto comments. I can sure sure you guys, Sean Deep is not busto. Uh, I, let's be real, Sean Deep didn't want to have to walk, and so he just stayed at the place where the tournament started. That's what happened. We all know it, right? We all know it. He didn't want to walk far. So you know, I'll stay in the dump, and I won't have to walk more than well, downstairs. We we both know that's what happened. How do we respond to this as players? Clearly, don't stay at the Rio. Is there something that we need to do more than that to try and protect players and ensure safety when people are playing these events? All I can think of is spreading the word, right? We can let people know this is going on. This is not a place you want to stay, right? This podcast here, we've got eyes on it. People, hopefully, it picks up. People see. People hear about this story. People say, you know what? I'm not staying at the Rio. That hits them in the bottom line. Maybe. Maybe the numbers for the people staying there will be low enough where they realize, well, our place is a shithole. We should get it in order probably doesn't because at the end of the day things are so corporate and so deep and go so many layers of everybody trying to save their job people don't want to ever stir the pot change is hard to happen again you know we could we could try to like oh we're gonna boycott but like they don't care what we we say you know obviously i think if we go back to our first subject if someone like phil helmuth commented on it it might get you know then it might get addressed who knows but all we can do is spread the word and tell people listen don't stay at the rio and Hopefully that protects the people and hopefully the Rio sees look, our numbers are down, but I don't think the Rio may not even be there next year. So they're on yeah. the, like a lame duck hotel. They're on the way out anyway. They don't care. That's a great way of putting it because it really is a lame duck hotel. This is the final straw. This is the final year. So there can't be nearly the, I guess, commitment towards fixing things moving forward. Cause there's no forward. There's just right now. I think that if a lot of the big names get together and I think this should happen at, at Bally's or wherever the, the world, world series is being played at. If this happen, if this type of stuff happens at the venue, there needs to be some real, there needs to be some voices that come together and try and protect people because this is just not acceptable to get robbed in your room at night while you're sleeping at the Rio. This is not acceptable, nope. we, or the parking lot, or any of these other other kinds of incidents. Uh, okay, let's move on. Let's talk about the ladies' event. Now, I want to just, I want to just kick this off and put all all the cards on the table, so to speak. I have played the ladies' event, and I think I've managed to escape that for a good number of years. It was much earlier in my career. I forget it was 2010, 11. It was in that range, 9, 10, 11, 12. I forget the year now. I did play the ladies' event back when it was 1K to enter for men. And uh, I played it. So, you know, I'm going to put that out there. I was in the mix. There were a bunch of other people that also played in it, including Sean Deeb, who wore a dress that year and played in it. I played in that in that field. I actually have a funny story about this. When we registered that year, we went into the back. Uh, oh, sorry, we get there. The floor takes us in the back. And the guy's trying to play the tough guy card. You know, the, what you guys, what are you kids doing? What, what's going on here? And one of my buddies who is one fourth Asian, his eyes are a little bit squinty, but he is the most sober guy of all time. The guy has basically never drank or done any drugs. He is the most sober guy. He's actually staying at my house right now. One of my best friends never done anything his entire life. His name's Bryce. Okay. And the floor guy goes, I'm going to, I'm going to pick a guy here and make an example. And he looks at him and he's like, you looking a little high there, buddy. Okay. And so my friend Bryce says, no, I've never done drugs or alcohol in my entire life. And the force is like, yeah, sure, sure. That seems likely. Well, you got in the bag. All because you registered the ladies. Yeah, because you registered the ladies. He's like, and so, so you can go through my bag. He's like, oh, I can go through that, huh? I'm not going to find anything in there. Go through And he's just going through the bag, taking stuff out. There's a laptop. He's like staring my friend down. Obviously nothing in the bag. My friend has never done drugs or alcohol. It's just unbelievable. So Bryce, last name D? Yeah, Bryce Davuku, yeah. Yeah, um, I met that guy. He's a cool guy. Nice guy. 
Yeah, yeah, nice dude. One of my one of my best friends. He's actually one of my first ever roommates in Vegas. I made the mistake of tweeting a, a, a year ago or something that someone else was one of my first roommates, and him and my other original first roommate were both very upset by that. And to this day, they troll me. They'll just call. They'll just make fun of me and say, "Well, I'm surprised Doug could remember that with all the things Doug seems to forget." I still have to deal with that shit. But anyway, um, back on the topic at hand. I did play the ladies' event. I was young. I thought it was funny, and I I thought the EV was good. That's why I played it like it or hate it that was my that was my logic at the time so a man now they changed the rules and they made it so that if a man plays the event they have to pay 10k and women play, pay 1k no one is winning any tournament at the rio at 1000 roi that is not happening which is what you need to do to cover this okay or 900 roi so it is for sure losing money for men to play a man entered it and he tweeted saying and let's see how quickly i can do this am i gonna get uh this seems like i did an okay job okay tweeted saying this is this this person on twitter tweeted saying going to play the wsp's ladies wsp ladies event all proceeds go to women's charities tony hartman and my idea any donations will be welcome who wants the story at kevmath so this guy is basically just he's in there he's in the mix he's playing he's gonna pay his 10k your thoughts david good or bad I think good intentions, but bad. Good. And then the reason I actually read that tweet and I read a lot of tweets from women, Maria Ho chimed in, Tiffany Michelle, there was a few women responding that kind of changed my perspective. Cause my first response was, Oh, cool. He's donating, going to donate his winnings. What's wrong with that? You know, but then after reading some of the comments and some of the other women who re- replied, they gave me a kind of a different perspective. And one, one, I remember, I don't remember the person's name. I'm sorry. She said, I, I, I coach women who are brand new to poker and this is one of the events to kind of onboard them for a non-intimidating environment because maybe they're intimidated by playing with some of these men poker players. So imagine that person, they sit down and now there's a man at their table. Now, sure. I heard he was a pleasure to at the table. He was, you know, lighthearted, having fun, smiling, but still, if you're a woman, I can only imagine I can't speak for them, but according to what this said, like if you're a brand new woman player and you're scared to play with men or you're just learning and you, You'd rather play in a comfortable environment with women. And you sit at your table and I was a man here. You're like, I was coming to just play with other women and kind of ease myself into this game with other people I'm familiar with who would probably be a little nicer to me because they know I'm a woman, they're women, I could feel familiar. And now there's a dude at the table, right? You've just tarnished her experience. Whereas you could accomplish what you're accomplishing with the donation by just donating the 10K or doing something else with that money. Now, I can't tell someone how to donate, but he did affect people's situation that wasn't how they intended it now again i'm just giving my perspective on it some i read changed my because initially i thought cool whatever he's donating so seeing some women say that and a lot of women echoed that response opened my eyes and i said okay i was looking at it wrong because i can't speak for women i don't know so there's a lot there's a lot going on with the subject obviously and it's the classic sort of battle i think on a lot of it reminds me a little bit of chess it reminds me of of, uh, other games where that are typically male dominated where there are women that want to play and then they have events specifically for them. And it's the, the classic sort of, do we want to try and be as inclusive as possible to allow, allow more women to play the game? Or are we trying to, or do we sort of demean those events by having them? Because there's a, there is a little bit of that. I, I think when you have something like the ladies event, I've kind of gone back and forth on, on how I feel about them. I do think it's of course good to get women involved and it does suck the way that men treat women in poker tournaments or in poker in general. And that's that's the really shitty part is because I've just heard you've seen it, <laughs> seen so many things where women are 
just not treated correctly by men at the table or they say things that are weird. I I've never actually heard seen I think really bad versions of this or the stories I get told, but even subtle things that they have to deal with. I mean, that sucks. And, and I kind of get that, that you want to have a safe area for them to play, but then it also kind of turns into, do we want to have tournaments where it's just s- certain groups of people are allowed to play because they're in that group? It feels, it feels a little, I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about that aspect of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I can understand if you're not in that group, it being hard to wrap your head around or hard to accept as long as, you know, you're, you're open to ideas. I think that's okay. It's human nature. It's human nature to question something that you're not, even though you're not excluded because a man could play, but that's not intended for you as a big discount. Yeah, of course it's human nature to question that. Hopefully people can talk to others about their experiences and what they want to get out of it and learn something from it and get something from it. And at the end of the day, you know, okay, I could play the tournament, but let's just pretend I can't because it's 10 times. I can't play that tournament. You know what? There's a, there's 87 other tournaments I can play. There's nothing special about that one that I'm missing out on other than being with a bunch of cool chicks at the table. But in general, like if you're a man and you're like, oh, I don't get to play that tournament. There's plenty of other tournaments to play, bro. So like, is this the hill you want to die? No, just go play another tournament. You know, that's how I, if it was like the only tournament, there was two tournaments. You'd be like, oh man, I want to play another tournament. I could maybe understand someone, but like, I don't, I don't have any sympathy for someone who's saying I'm excluded from that tournament. Big deal. It's a, it's another one K there's one K every day. Fair. And I will also tell you, as a man who played this event, if you enter there, you are going to bring out the A game of every person in the entire table, and they're gunning for you. I remember I was in this spot when I, when I played, and I called two streets, and I had a, I had a hand that really should fold the river, and that she, this, this woman just jammed on me. And I folded, and she just tables them off. Goes, ah! And it was, oh, ah! Yeah. stands up. They're doing high fives around. We got him! Right. So uh, they're definitely, there's definitely a dynamic there that I don't know if that's really what you want when you play a tournament to just have every person gunning for your head. Already paying 10x for. Well, nowadays, yeah, nowadays it, it would make absolutely no sense to play it for sure. Um, so I guess, I guess let, let me give you an example of how, how this can sort of be a drawback. For, I, so I have a, a girlfriend who was who is really good at video games and she reached number one on the ladder in the game that she was playing at the time. And there were articles, number one girl gamer. And she she was said, well, I, I just want to be the number one gamer. I The top of this ladder. I don't want it to be, I'm the gir- good girl gamer. I'm just a good gamer. And I want to kind of be focused on that. And I feel like sometimes events like this can sort of take away from that. Yeah, I think that's more of a problem with the coverage. I think in, her, in the case you just you know told me about, instead of saying number one girl gamer, it should be the number one gamer is so-and-so who's also a girl, which is great. That shows that women can also achieve this. Knock, knock, other girls get in here too. As opposed to the number one girl gamers, the number one gamer is also a girl. How great is that? Like it proves that it's not just dudes. But is how great is that? Is that a good or bad thing? I think that's a good thing when it's something that's normally male dominated to show that it's no longer male dominated or that it's like other people can achieve those same ranks. So don't let that discourage you because a lot of people get discouraged. If like I've spoken to women who say, oh, it's just all dudes in poker. So to see a woman champion shows them what's possible. It's the same thing with like race, right? When you wonder about like something I read a lot about was like the history of black quarterbacks. I'm not going to turn this into a long conversation about this, but the reason why that's important is because a lot of kids when I was little, when we were, you know, other black kids in school playing sports, were kind of told you can't be a quarterback. So they kind of put that limit on them by the coaches, by the people at high school and elementary school or middle school football. Like, no, 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 you can't be a quarterback. So when you look and you never see a black quarterback, you think I can't be a quarterback, but then, so that's why it's important to kind of bring out when something, an outlier rises to the top. The reason you pointed out is to let those know that are down there, that this is possible. 
you could also achieve it because maybe you were being told by others that that's not for you or just what you see let you think that's not for you. That's all. But don't we already know that women can absolutely do this? It's a game of intellect. Women, you women and I do. may know this, but I would say the 17 year old girl playing poker who only sees men on TV. Now it's gotten better, but if you're rewinding back, might be like, not that they can't, but like, it's just, it's hard when you don't see something like you achieving it. You kind of doubt, you wonder, is it rigged against me? Am I just not good enough? Like that confidence boost is huge when you see someone do something like that. The number one problem for the number one reason there are not many great women poker players is because poker has very few women. If poker had more women, that wouldn't be the case. And then I think the other actual, I think it's actually the number one biggest thing is that society puts this pressure on women to make money sort of in certain ways. When men make money, they're doing their thing. Honestly, if a guy was making millions of dollars as a drug dealer, most people wouldn't even really look at them that badly for it. So a lot of people would, but some people wouldn't. They're, oh, they're making, but then for women, they, society puts them in this they need to make money in these approved ways that are okay and acceptable for me and then they need to date certain people and they need to they better not be promiscuous so society puts all this pressure on women to where i feel like the really smart women and this is not offensive people women in poker but a lot of the really smart women they just don't end up playing poker and that's why we don't have the super sharp women at the top that would be dominating this game it's because of those reasons. It's not just because men are way, way, way better than women at poker. It, right, so we, I think you and I know that because you and I are intelligent and able to extrapolate. Oh, that. thanks, David. I, I think, I think the, we're both logical people, but I think a lot of people don't realize that, right? Like a lot of people just say, oh, it's not a woman's game or it's women shouldn't be playing. I mean, I've heard that at the table from players that, like, oh, women shouldn't play this game from like any, I'm like, why shouldn't they? It's, it's a goddamn game. Like anybody, it's a game where if you strip our skin away and it's just, if you put the brains and plug them up around the table, you wouldn't know who's a woman and everyone's capable. But I just think that having that representation is good. And like you said, if the, if the fields are 50, 50 women and men, we'd likely see 50, 50 women and men champions. It would likely work out. The fields are very small percentage women. That's just a fact. So if there were more playing, but how do you get more playing? You show them that they can succeed, that there's more representation. You behave better at the table as men. You show them that you will be treated fairly. You will be treated nicely. And people I, make I, the intention there is good, but then sometimes it gets complicated. Like, for example, with the article that was on, I think it was CNN, and it said, Top Poker Pro says this about COVID or something. And I clicked on it, and it was the girl, Maria. I, for, I forgot her last name. I should really know her name by now. But I think it was her name was Maria. And basically, sorry, what? The one that she's a writer. I think she's a writer. Correct. Yep. She's a writer. And she had two or 300 K tournament scores in her career. Okay. And I tweeted and I said, I don't think that this is, this is not, you know, top poker pro is a joke here. And I, I, I recognize it's not her fault. They went with that headline. Right. But the reason they did that was because she's real, realistically, that was because she's a woman and they're building her up and they're trying to, to include women in this article. But I don't want to glorify results that are not very impressive at the sake of just trying to be, look at her go. She's a woman. She got 200. That just, that seems very sexist to me. I think that when women, women can compete and when they accomplish great things, we should recognize that and celebrate that. But trying to force it just to just, just seems it's, it's just, it feels kind of patronizing to me, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I agree about the, the the number of accomplishments shouldn't change whether you're a woman or a man, right? But like, who's to say? I mean, is I've seen articles that say top poker pro about a guy, and I look at their accomplishments, I'm like, that's not really a top poker pro. So I think it does happen with both. I, I see it a lot, and I'm just like, that guy's a rec player who, who's barely had any scores. But 
Again, I think that's more of how things are covered. I think things need to be sure. covered differently and more fair. Like you said, it's not her fault. She didn't do the article. And from what I've heard, she's a hell of a player. So, you know, she's such a yeah. short time. She's had some good results. Yeah. Okay. That, d- that definitely makes sense. Um, what, what were you saying about the football thing? Because I, I watch a lot of football, very interested in football. So you're saying that that black players are told or that they can't be quarterbacks or they're not allowed to be quarterbacks? Well, I mean, obviously things have changed a lot. But, you know, I grew up in the 80s, and I think it was a common thing. I've, I've heard this from a lot of football players who were, you know, if you look back at the history, like black quarterbacks weren't a big – it was like a big deal when one succeeded, when there was one, because quarterbacks traditionally have been white men. So, like, as a kid – playing football in like junior high. And so when you look up and you see that quarterbacks are traditionally white and you don't see any black ones and the coaches at your school, all like you go to a black school, but you have white quarterbacks and a lot of coaches have, would kind of instill that, Oh, you, you can't quarterbacks are not for you. And there's actually been some, I've read some, a lot of articles about this where there was like, you know, a lot of the owners felt that the quarterback needed to be more responsible and intelligent. And they felt that blacks weren't as responsible and intelligent there was a lot of racism behind their decision-making. They did not want black quarterbacks. And when kids would excel at the quarterback position, they would kind of push them toward wide receiver running back because, you know, in their head, oh, you're black. You're not going to be smart enough to captain and run this team and do the offense. Obviously, that's all been proven wrong. We have plenty of amazing black quarterbacks. Look at Lamar Jackson last night. But I mean, I, three, three of the best six or seven quarterbacks are black now. So it's, it's, it's coming out. But if you rewind in time and look at the history, there weren't a lot of black quarterbacks. There were barely any. And there was a lot of, you know, putting that in the head of kids playing football who were black, especially like I saw it. I played a little football in junior high and talking to other kids and then even talking to other people who grew up in different neighborhoods, you were just kind of told that's not a position for you. Like that's just not something you can do. Cause, and then what made me actually research this is because ESPN earlier, I think it was this season or last season made some stat, like so many, there's six black starting quarterbacks and people were in the comments. Like, why are you pointing this out ESPN? Who cares? And then I did a lot of research in this and somebody commented and led to an article and it, Someone pointed out why it matters because we're telling the little kid who's playing football, you too can do this. Like if someone's telling you, you can't, you can. And that's important. Absolutely. I mean, that's, it's fucked up that that happens. And I, I almost wonder if there's another thing kind of at play here where I saw a study that black women are consistently underdiagnosed at doctor's offices. And a big part of it is that a lot of times doctors are white and Asian and you're less likely to be completely honest about your pain levels with people that you feel don't know you as much. And so when doctors would ask black women, how much pain are you in? They would always say lower. So if something was an eight, they'd say five. They would they would always try and say, because I think there might even be a little bit of identity there where black women identify as sort of being strong or they're trying to, they don't right. want to seem weak and seem, oh, I'm a nine. Whereas I think white women or Asian women, especially if you have a doctor that's your race, you're more likely to say, I'm an eight, I'm a nine. This is horrible. I'm in terrible pain. And so black women would be underdiagnosed and 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 then they would get um, worse results at doctor's offices. Um, I wonder if it's a little bit sort of like that with football in that coaches are probably predominantly white. And so when black players are told sort of, you know, they're less likely to speak up and say something because they're just it's 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 there's, there's an awkwardness there. Whereas a white player may complain more, hey, this isn't the position that I should be. I should be over here and like make a case for that. Maybe black players are more likely, Oh, I'm just told to play this. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And there's because of the race difference in the coaching. I don't know if that could potentially be an issue. I mean, it could be a lot of numerous things, but yeah. you know, it's, it's definitely representation pointing out things that are against the norm for, or good for representation. Like when someone, a lot of, I know a lot of people get annoyed by it. Oh, why are you pointing out that, you know, it's just a champion, but 
again, you're sending a message to people what's possible. Because even if like you could say, oh, well, we're all intellectual, we could women, men are the same. We, but confidence matters. Knowing what's capable matters. Knowing what you know that those doors. Can, you tell a person that that door can be broken down. Now they're more likely to break it down when they when they think it can't be. They just don't even try sometimes. So it's good to let people know that you too could do this. That's all I think. It is. And like, there's, it's like a free roll. What's, what's the harm? You know what right. I mean? Like, Agreed. Yeah, agreed. And I think the most important thing is the fairness of opportunity. Everyone should get the same opportunity to, to pursue these things um, and then let their ability show. Uh, okay. So I think we went off on race for enough here uh, for, for today's topic. So th- those are uh, the, the main things that I wanted to talk about here today. Is there any, are any topics that jump out at you from the world series that you think well, are important to talk about? I've kind of got something that goes along and I don't know the full details on this. I'm just a messenger and I'm going to give a little opinion, but so I was reading about the gentleman who played the ladies event, right? And everybody said he was a, a really nice guy. He was, you know, a, a tr- pleasure to be around. A few of the women at the table, I think someone said he was really nice. He's buying drinks. So great. Good guy. But then somebody said, what about this? And they leaked in the comments, a tweet he made to Kelly Minkin about a situation that arise with her. Now, I don't know the full details of her situation. I heard a little bit about it. Did you hear anything about this where she was able to unregister from a six max? So she tweeted or something that I could get some details wrong. You might want to look at her Twitter. You'll find it. She registered for the six max. She was at the table. I believe they hadn't started dealing yet. And there was like, I think there was two others. So three out of six, they're waiting for a fourth. And there was someone at a table like right next to her who had like harassed her, stolen from her, treated her pretty badly, done some bad things. And she was uncomfortable being that close to the person um, because the tournament had, you know, they hadn't dealt any hands yet. She had asked, I would like to unregister. I don't want to be seated next to this guy all day, which, hey, sometimes it's all right. Uh, she was allowed to unregister. Now, supposedly she wasn't told or she, because it hasn't started that, you know, you get one unregister of, of a tournament at the WSOP, but you can't register that same event if you unregister. And that's to prevent you from like, I walk up to my table, Doug Polk's there. I don't want to play with Doug Polk. I'm going to unregister and re-register later and hopefully I get a better draw. Now, I don't know if that was allowed or not, but whatever, she re-registered. Someone allowed it. I'm not blaming her because I don't think she did it on purpose. It sounds like she didn't know and whoever allowed her to re-register is the person at fault. She re-registered and she played it. And then this person, Adam Hendricks, started kind of like blowing it up and it turned into a thing. He didn't tag her. But supposedly the gentleman who played the ladies event commented like he wrote some tweet like jump off a building or something. If it was anyone else, like you should go look at his Twitter to his replies. It may be deleted by now, but it was there yesterday. It wasn't in this thread. It's like if you go to his Twitter, the guy you showed me, look at his replies. He had replied about it or something like that and said something pretty like outrageous. I was like, really? I was like, this is, is the nice guy. Uh, that I mean, that's that's horrible. And I, I'm I'm sorry that, that that happened. And it's terrible that she had to even deal with someone that was harassing her at her table because well, supposedly you know, he didn't harass her there at the time. You know, it was and it wasn't right. But it, but it happened beforehand. Right. Yeah. OK. So, yeah, I mean, I don't want to get too gossipy and scroll through too too many tweets here about what what he said or not, but um, may, maybe it's deleted. I, well, there I really, it is. There it is. If I were to say. Did I ever, if I were to say that I ever need, if I were to say ever that I need to unregister a tournament for any reason whatsoever, all should be appalled. But if Kelly Minkin wants to do so, it's okay. Fuck that shit. She can go jump off a damn cliff. Wow. That is. That is a little bit of a contrast to that. I'm going to donate all my money to the women's charities. Right. I love her response. Yeah, this is a great response. Calm down. She's a cheat. Calm down. All right. So for starters, 
you do get one time a year where you can unregister, right? Isn't that a thing? I think one of the guests well, that okay, came I think, I think I'm mixing two policies. I think you get one unregister, like if you just no show, like if you reg- like say right now, I just signed up for the PLO today and just didn't show up. They unregister okay. you my money back. And then after that, you lose your money. I think you can always, if you just, if it hasn't started unregister, I could be wrong, but you can't re-register that same event. So I think I was mixing two things. Maybe not, but it doesn't matter. She's supposed to be registered. Not her fault if she didn't, like if she knew and she tried anyway, sure. But I don't think she did because why would you try? I think it's whoever let her re-register's fault. It's it's a, it's a fuck up by the Rio, not her problem. Yeah, this is this is pretty unacceptable from this guy and 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 fucked up. I, I don't understand what he's thinking here. This is just horrible. And then he even responds to her, "Calm down." No, I'm bringing this shit all the way up. Why should anyone get special treatment? Like, oh, this guy's gonna be a big Phil Helmuth fan. I can tell you right now. Probably enjoyed the way that went down. <laughs> it's full circle. We got, it's we got, going full circle. We got it all coming in. So it's yeah, all, I mean, it's all coming in. This all right, tweet so. shocked me because I was hearing everybody going on about how great of a guy he was and his thing he's doing, how nice he was. That doesn't seem like a nice person. Well, even that's not a nice person. Yeah. Even if you're bothered by it, fuck this shit. She can go jump off a damn cliff. Like you could, you could totally say, "Hey, my opinion is this is unfair. She shouldn't get special treatment. I don't know the situation, but I think it's wrong." Fuck this shit. She can go jump off a damn cliff. Like, hey, bro, calm down. As Kelly said, calm down. Definitely need to calm down there a bit out of line. It's a weird spot because if everyone can just say, I don't like someone at my table, can I change tables? That's obviously a policy flaw. But if there is something serious, then that does need to be addressed. So I don't know. I, I really don't know what to think about this one. Because in theory, you could, you, and I'm not saying that Kelly did this, obviously, but in theory, you could just say, oh, someone at my table that harassed me, I need a new table, if you don't like your table draw. I think, what do you do? I think that situation should have been handled differently. I think the floor should have said, absolutely, we, are, we respect that. Uh, you can unregister, but unfortunately, you're not allowed to re-register the tournament due to the nature of just the rules and how it works. And I don't think there's anything wrong with the floor saying that if they don't allow her, because like playing a tournament is not your right, you know, like, Hey, we respect that. We're going to give you your money back. You're not screwed on the money and it's unfortunate, you know, but there's nothing else we can do about it because, you know, let's say you do, she did reenter, right? She has another table. What happens if on the, the miracles of poker brings them together at the same table, right? Like, did you break the table again? Okay, sure. You move them again. But then what happens if it's the final table? Like there's so many things that you can't account for that you have to just be consistent with the rules. Now, I'm not saying it's just a sorry, too bad, forfeit and lose your money. Yeah, give her her money back, especially because no hands have been dealt. You're free to unregister. But again, I don't have a problem with her. She didn't do anything wrong. Like it's a tough spot. It's whoever reg- signed her back up again who did something wrong. It's not It's not her fault. This is a really tough spot. Yeah, it's... it's, it's it, I I I I'm rarely speechless, but yeah. I, I'm trying to think what makes sense here as a response for for what happened in the situation. Because, well, first off, the the yeah, I I 100% agree that registering the sand tournament is just silly. The player is still going to be there. So, what if someone gets moved? Are we going to unregister? What do you do if they get moved to your table? That makes no sense. That 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 decision is. I guess you could say maybe you lay reg if they busted. Because like I've watched tournaments before, but I've not been in and been like, oh, all the good people busted or whatever. I'll sign up. You know, like I've looked, I looked at the 10K stud. It was 18 left and I was going to late register because a lot of good players were busted. So it's not like that's doing something wrong. So if she saw that he was busted, okay, I'll jump in. But getting your buy-in back to see what happens in the field feels, I don't know. 
Yeah, getting your I don't know. Back, getting your buy-in back. Now that's the part that's different than what I was just saying about late Reggie. I never got my buy-in back. So again, I don't I don't again I don't blame her because I, I think she just didn't know, right? Why would you attempt to sign up again if you know that? I think she just didn't know that you can't. I more blame I blame the, the Rio for the, not having systems in place. The computer, when you go to sign up, should just be like eh. This player has already signed up and been unregistered. I'm like, oh, sorry, the system won't allow you to register. Oh, well, then she could say, I wish the floor had told me and I would have made a better decision. Like, if I unregister you, you're not allowed to re-register. Things could have been communicated and handled differently. Also, also, is this really something that's going to be exploited? Are we really going to see people that say, oh, this person harassed me, so I don't want to play in tournament with them? Is that going to, or I'm going to my buy-in back? I don't Do you think, think that's, so. I mean, it, it could it, be. It, it could be, but I don't think we'll see it because... A, I just don't think a lot of people know that you can unregister. I don't think a lot of people are that value seeky. Like, like in the fields that the it poker. really truly matters. Well, I mean, it matters in like 10Ks and stuff, but like in a 1500, like I'm not trying to like table select in a 1500. So yeah, I don't some people probably are, though. Maybe, but like. Dude, I, I've seen people fight over dollars, just single dollars at poker. Okay, you think that they're not going to try and get a hundred dollar edge? I, I'm sorry, man. You you must have a lot more faith in humanity than I, I mean, do. Because I hundred percent. Well, again, we go back to special treatment. I think most people don't think they're just going to get no served. Like, like it, again, we'll go back to Joe from Iowa. If he tries to like, hey, I want to unredge this fifteen hundred, he probably thinks, why would I ask that? They're going to just tell me, sure, buddy, and walk right off. Well, for me, I, I've definitely had tables where I have extremely awkward seat draws. I think of the time I ended up next to Negranu when we were yep, still yep. battling things out. Uh, there are definitely been guys that don't like me that are at my table. I've had plenty of that along the way and I just dealt with it. But when it turns into harassment, then it feels like it steps over the line. But I, I I don't know how you, how do you, man, I'm glad I'm not a floor on this one. Most problems. I think there's clear answers. I don't think there's a clear answer here because you kind of, so I would say this, I don't like when, you have to determine intent on rulings. I think that they should sort of be unilateral and based around what happened. When you get to decide what someone was intending to do, it can be gamed. But in this one, I think you kind of have to go intent. If it's someone that, if it's someone that has never happened I before, I think it's clear to me. I think it's listen. No hands have been dealt. You are free yeah. to unregister. You cannot re-register sure. for any reason. Yeah. Whether they're harassing yeah. you, you, you got to go to the bathroom. You don't want to play anymore. You think your table's tough? Doesn't matter. No hands been dealt. Sure, you can unregister. You cannot re-register. Thank you very much. Play the next tournament. That that has problems though, because then you can register, see if the table's good. If it's not, unregister. Well, I guess maybe then you do only get one. I was confusing, but I mean, I wasn't right. Maybe you only get one. And if that's your one, that's your one. You choose to use it. And if it becomes an abuse thing, if we see every World Series you have one, then we say, okay, you lose your penalty, you lose your ability because you just you're abusing it. You're using it too much. If you get one per eighty-eight tournaments, and then if it turns out they see you do this every year, and they just yeah. they just say okay. no, you're not doing it anymore. Getting it one is fine. Getting one is fine. I so think. maybe it is really only one unregistering. I thought it was if you don't show up, but maybe that still counts as your unregister. Now, what about? I mean, obviously, clearly you can unregister before you before the like I you sign up in advance and then you make day two. Then you can say, hey, like I made day two. I'm not going to play the PLO tomorrow. The tournament hasn't even started. The tournament hasn't even started. I imagine you can unregister because a lot of people like to sign up in advance and then you just keep making day twos. Like, of course. But then there also becomes a thing of what if you somehow found out your table, right? Like I sign up for Wednesday's PLO and I get my seat and it's Monday. You sign up for Wednesday's PLO also. We see we're at the same table. 
then I could be like, oh, hey, I don't want to play this because I'm not sure yet. Oh, my PLO is bad. You're going to want to be I'm there. Just taking a tournament, but you know what I mean? Like, like so there's you could find ways to abuse it then. But I think you really just got to kind of take that by case by case basis. If it's just if it's just one, I I, I kind of don't see it being an issue. Um, yeah. And then if people start trying to do it multiple times, then I think you can make a then rule. They should just they should go jump off a damn cliff. Uh, strong words, man. Let's not let's not <laughs> c- calm down. Let's not let's not get too carried away. Um, yeah. So, so I didn't see heard about that. Like that, I thought we were going to talk. I thought you were going to bring that story up because it was kind of a because of the guy who kind of brought light to it was like a known pro was allowed. Like he was kind of like clickbaity tweet about it. And I think she just was like, yeah, it's me, bro. Why don't you tag me? Like, like square up. <laughs> why do you gotta, why are you gonna try to hide it and like sensationalize it? K- Kelly Minkin is extremely aggro and funny on Twitter. She does, she does a great it. job. So yeah. I'm all, I'm also here for it, man. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I love the, I love the online battles. Obviously I've been in more than a few myself. Um, Okay, so I don't. This is really that's the list of topics. I have. Any anything else you want to talk about here today, or we can we can call it a session and wrap it up. Yeah, I mean, it's like I say, it's been really cool at the Rio this year. I mean, I'm I'm feeling it. I, I've been there every day, and you know, I'm just excited to be playing poker again. I think having that that year, two summers off, really got people just ready to game and ready to play, and it's been a it's been a real fun vibe and. I hope it keeps up. You know, Viffer responded when I tweeted after the first one. I was like, excited to be here and play every day for six weeks. Viffer's like, let's talk to you in two weeks. <laughs> let's see if you still feel that way after 14 days of getting rivered and, you know, never doing anything. And then by the end of it, you're just like, oh, I hate this place. But I'm still feeling it. So, I mean, granted, it's only been a week, but let's keep it rolling. I oh, have wait. another article here that I found from the Las Vegas Review Journal that I somehow missed on going through for today's topics. Police respond to a... I'm going to share my screen once again. As we all know, I'm great at this. Okay, there we go. Police respond to a man pointing a gun in front of a Las Vegas casino. And cliff notes, it's the Rio. Oh, yeah. Male suspect reportedly pointed a handgun at male victim outside the Rio. Officers responded and conducted an extensive search for the individual outside the property. Patrol officers spotted the suspect hiding under a car in the parking lot. A canine suspect helped apprehend the man. He got bit on the arm, baby. Huh? The dog, he said the man sustained a bite on the arm. The dog dragged his ass out. <laughs> it's actually pretty great. Please, please, more more dogs dragging out criminals. I'm in for that. Yeah. I mean, I'm just surprised we don't hear more about the criminals shooting the dog. It's almost like they freak out and just like throw their gun. Like, if I'm a criminal under a car and there's a dog, I'm shooting that dog. Like, get away from me. Like, don't well, let's, me. Be, let's be glad you're not the criminal here. For all <laughs> the dogs out there trying to save the world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Rio, I guess, I guess lots of, lots of stuff, um, to consider there. I did want to talk about this. I haven't talked about it at, at any point, but I, I was definitely saddened when, when Norm McDonald passed away recently. Um, obviously he was a big poker fan. A lot of, a lot of people, um, a lot of people in poker knew him and I, I, I only met him a couple of times. We never had any, any real stories or anything, but I heard lots of great ones from everybody in the community. And it, it's always sad when, when someone, um, you know, it's like a bigger name that enjoys poker that you see sort of in the mix passes away. It's it's always sad to see that. Yeah, I mean, I I, I didn't know and say like I was friends with Norm, but I, I knew Norm. He knew who I was. We said hello a lot when we were at the same table or near each other. And so it's more kind of not focused on Norm, but just people and names in poker passing really hits hard and makes you see your mortality. Like just yesterday I was walking and I, I saw a guy at the bar. I thought it was Chad Brown. I was about to walk up and then I realized 
hey, that's not Chad Brown. Chad Brown passed away. And I was like, holy shit. And then I thought about Lane Flack today because I saw I got the table from behind. I was like, oh, is that Lane? Oh, Lane's not here anymore. And it's like when you you get to know these people, right? Like I came on the scene in 2004 and I'm here every summer. I'm traveling the circuit, you know, Chad, Lane, other poker players have passed, even seeing Norm at the World Series every year. When you, you almost like, you, you don't, you forget that like people aren't going to be here forever. And then like you start looking around the World Series and I start looking around, I realize like so many faces that were here every year just are fading away and it's new people coming up and it just really hits you with your mortality. And then I start looking at people you know, I've been at the World Series since 2004, 17 years. And I look at people. And there's a lot of people who are gray now, right? Gray hair. Obviously, I've, I got a few and I'll be gray haired. I got and some in my, too. In my memory, I think back and I'm like, wow. Like, I, I remember when this person had a full head of black hair and now they have gray hair. And like, just you start to realize about time passing and aging. And then I was like, that's going to be me, right? Like, somebody's going to see me in 10, 15 years with gray hair and be like, I remember that kid was at the World's. And it just really just it just like kind of fucked me up because I just started thinking about like time passing and mortality and finality of it all. And what are we here at the Rio? I just had this weird moment. I was just like, oh, life. And it was just it all came came down just looking at people aging and then realized like I'm aging. Like I'm not the same as I was when I was on ESPN in 2004. You know, it's it's just so fucking weird, man. And it's just like you really it hits you when you go these gaps between the World Series and then someone now looks a lot older. I don't know where I'm going with this. It's just, it's fucking weird, man. Just I agree. Cool. I agree with you entirely. It, it hits hard. I, I was in a chat, uh, a telegram chat and it had Gavin Smith in it and then he passed away. And then Lane Flack joined a little bit later and then he passed him. Man, this chat is not, not good news. This is not where you want to be apparently, but you know, it's sad. It's sad to see these guys go. And I mean, with, with Gavin Smith, um, it was nice that there was a, a fund arranged to, to help out his daughter um, after he passed away. And I donated a little bit too. I saw a lot of people that donated to that. It's it, it sucks. It sucks especially because these people are are they're fun guys. They were fun people. They they, um, they make it what it is. Like it's not the same without all these people that were there. And then it makes me realize like as I get older, there's going to be more of that, right? Like either I'm going to die or other people are going to die. And as I keep coming back to the World Series, less and less people that were there when I started will be there. And eventually one day, hopefully I'm like 80 years old playing the world series and there won't really be any of the older crew anymore still there. So it's kind of like, I wonder what a guy like Doyle, right? Like Doyle's still out there kicking, playing poker and living, but the amount of people Doyle has seen who are no longer with us is, is a number I can't even comprehend. Like it hurts my head to think about like to know yeah, think, that many people that have passed. It's just think, scary. Think about it like this, right? Think about all the things you've seen in your career playing poker. Doyle has seen everything in modern poker history. All of it. He's been there through all of it. Think about the people that when Doyle started playing that he probably played with. People probably were Western Cowboys with nicknames and shit. That's what he was playing at the start. And then all the way up till today, I can only imagine the kinds of things that, that he's seen through his career. And and that really I imagine that gives you some perspective, but it does show it does show your mortality and it, it makes you appreciate a little bit more just getting to kind of be there and, and live in the moment and 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 uh appreciate the moments that you, you get to have. I mean, you, you got, dude, you got heads up in the main event, you know, think about that. How many people get heads up in the main event? That that's just there's incredible. It's weird too. Cause there's that fucking banner of Greg right in front of me yesterday. And I'm sitting here and literally if I look up there, it was just great. And I'm just like, fucking imagine what could have been, 
You know, if only I knew shit about heads up poker, I could be looking at my fucking self right there. You know, it's, it is what it is. But yeah, I mean, you appreciate these moments and it really, that's where I'm going with this. I was thinking about the mortality and it freaked me out. And then I was just like, you know what? I'm alive. I'm here. I'm playing poker. Life is good. The biggest problem I have is some asshole on my left who keeps calling when I raise. Like, I got nothing to complain about. Like, appreciate this. Be present. Be in the moment. Make the most of it, man. Because you never know, man. You may not be able to play. And when you when I see people who, like, I'm just so happy. Like, that's why I asked if you were there. I should come and say, hey, just to see you, right? Like, just seeing people, especially after that year off we didn't have and not have the summer, just it feels so good. Like, me and Ed Zeno have never been close. Like, we kind of grew up in the streets of Bodog, and we, we I've always rooted for the guy. But for some reason, like, I was just drawn to him. A couple of days ago, we were in this, the, ten, the seven card stud together, the 1500. And we just talked on break. And then I've kind of been seeing him and just seeing him win. I really felt good. And I went up to him and just like gave him, a, you know, gave him a little bro hug. And I was like, bro, I'm so happy for you. And just seeing other poker players I hadn't seen in like a year and a half just brings a smile. And I'm like, I'm hugging people. I'm like, man, it's just good to see you like people. I've got a good uh, Zeno story. Are you saying Zeno? Is actually pronounced Zeno? I thought it was Zeno. It could be Zeno. I mean, I've always said Zeno. Maybe, maybe it's Zeno. I, I, I guess I don't know. But anyway. I saw Zeno at uh, the 25K in Cabo, and I walk into the room because my match is coming up, and he's playing Phil Ivy. The match finishes. They walk over. Zeno's like, oh, happy. He's chipper. Ivy just, just like whatever, and then Ivy Ivy's just leaves the room, and I'm, I'm, so I'm like, oh, man. like, Well, I basically was assuming this, he won, and he's like, oh, I lost. I'm like, oh, wow. You wouldn't have known from the exchange here. Like, yeah. Phil Ivy sulks away just just like just in the, in the shadows kind of, you know, and d- doesn't give – it apparently doesn't appear like he gives two shits that he just won this round and then and then Zeno is just such a good guy he's just nice he's happy he's shaking hands he's just, just i don't know it was it was, it was funny time. to see that um but seeing your seeing your friends win it, it, it's fun that, that's a great part of the world series of poker hopping in some some bracelet picks just seeing people though man it's just like the people the people you know like i said we aren't even like i wouldn't say we we're like friends we've never really hung out but we, we get along and talk and just like ari engel and uv they won bracelets and just i'm not even talking about winners though just i'm talking about just crossing paths right just right. at the real yeah, yeah. just feels good to see people right like me and sean deeb have never been never really gotten along very well I was happy to see him i was like hey good to see you you know in the stud event like just- yeah the, the closest thing that we did was when we we hosted or not we didn't host uh kara was hosting but when we were the analysts on espn for that i don't know was it a week or two i forget yeah, when I, How- I, when I skipped the main event to go take my daughter on a cruise with my mom i remember that I remember you doing that. Yeah, that was fun. You know, but many, like seeing people, man, it feels good. Not many poker players leave town right before the main event. Nah, I'll uh, never do that again. <laughs> probably never. pick a different time for the cruise. I picked the cruise first. The schedule came out. It was already booked. I couldn't move it. I didn't want to disappoint my daughter and my mom. So I said, you know what? I'll skip one year. And I learned a valuable lesson. I ain't skipping anymore. <laughs> oh, I thought, I thought I learned a valuable lesson about family and responsibility. No. And no, you, main event comes first. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but th- that that was a good time. I I enjoyed those days getting to hang out. So uh, that's going to be it for me, uh, us to hear today, guys. Uh, David, anything else you want to promote? What you're going to be up to? Or people can follow. Maybe what events you got coming up? Uh, no, I'm just I'm trying to I'm going hard. You know, I gotta I just I'm not gonna like make any predictions, but I feel like I'm playing well. It's like fifth bag in a row or whatever. I keep you know I keep going deep. So I'm just gonna keep enjoying it. You know, it's one thing I've noticed different this year than the prior years. And I think, again, that year off was huge for like a reset. I'd kind of gotten uh, comfortable where I would sit at the table and I would either put my iPad on like a show and I would kind of play while looking up or I'd play Hearthstone or some bullshit on my iPad. And I would just kind of like mail it in. I wasn't at now. 
like I have a lot of work I need to get done for other stuff on projects I'm working on. And I like bring my computer and my plan is like, oh, in between hands, I'll, I don't have time because I'm just so like watching everything going on. And I think that's why I'm having better results so far because I'm so attuned and so into it. And I think that truly matters. So if there's any poker pros out there that are sort of like comfortable right now, find a way to reset and pay the fuck attention because it sounds obvious, but it's so valuable. And like, like I said, I'm not getting any of my work done because all I want to do is watch every hand, even if I'm not in there, which I used to do way back. But after playing for 16, 17 years, you just get so over it at some point. And you're just like, whatever, I'm just going to play, play my hands, pick my spots. And again, it's easier non no limit because it's like, oh, I'm just going to wait for limit poker. But there's a lot to be learned. And like right now, I'm, I'm playing every day. I'm focused. I'm, I'm driven. I'm excited, man. Like I, I look, I wake up happy every day. I'm like another tournament. Let's go. All right, guys, you heard it here first. David Williams going to win a bracelet this summer. Quote, it's a lock. You can bet it now. Poker shares. The odds are eight to one. Head on over there. Make some money. You can blame David if you if you lose yeah, your I'm money. reimbursing all losses. That's how sure it is. <laughs> At WDW uh, Poker on Twitter, you can get your money back. No, I'm just kidding. Money uh, back guarantee. Guarantee. Wow. It's such a nice, such a nice pitch. Uh, David, thank you for coming on today. Really appreciate you taking the time to talk about the Rio and walk through some of these stories. And who knows, maybe we'll have you on uh, down the road here for for another WSP pod or something else or whatever, whatever comes up comes yeah, our man. way. Always a pleasure. Been a big fan of all your content. So glad to see you. A big break when you came back. I was super amped. So uh, yeah, I watch it all, and hopefully, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it, and love to be back whenever. Awesome, appreciate it. Great. Thank you very much today. All right, guys, that's going to do it here. I will see you next Tuesday, Taylor KB. Definitely a legend in the online poker streets. Started uh, card runners and then also poker tracker, or I think he started holding manager, whatever. Same difference at this point. He'll be joining us. Should be a lot of fun topics to talk about as well. So make sure you keep your eyes peeled to watch that. If you are not subscribed, hit the subscribe button, guys. Show some love for the podcast. It goes a long way, and you will not miss our future episodes. That's a wrap. Thank you, everyone. Peace.